0: Sports Diaries Podcast. Now, here is your host, Mike, and the rest of the SSD gang. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Seattle Sports Diaries Podcast. I am your host, Mike, and I am clearly the only one here uh, for now. Still for now, uh, there's going to be uh, Gabe will be joining me here at 1230. I don't know if uh, I don't know if K Hart is going to be joining us, but this is going to be a t- technically a very short podcast. Um, happy Jackie Robinson Day, everybody. Happy titanic anniversary day and happy birthday to us we are officially two years old today the first podcast two years ago was on a wednesday so on a wednesday we did the we did the show and uh you know I, I want to go ahead and take this opportunity to go ahead and give everybody a shout out who's been with us for the last two years all the subscribers all of the uh, followers on Twitter that we've had, you know, it's been a good, it's been a good uh, two years. It's been rough. It's been rough. I'll I, I will not argue that there was there was some rough times with this podcast, especially with all these trolls and everything. But here's the thing: these trolls don't. Uh, these trolls have no control. We're never going to go anywhere. We're not going to stop making podcasts. Nobody's going anywhere. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, like I said, it's been a really good, uh, it has been a very good, um, uh, two years, you know, again. So, uh, I want to give a shout out to David, of course, who was the first real co-host of this podcast. So David has been absolutely fantastic. Um, uh, by the way, Sergeant pickles, thank you so much for that comment. Yep. No, we're never going to let the trolls. um the the trolls comments are mostly towards me it's never towards the podcast it's just always towards me just because of enemies and everything but here's the thing um i said it last week on the podcast i said it last week um them motherfuckers just want to watch it watch me burn they want to watch us burn they they want to watch people burn and they uh i say this with how much rent i owe these people for living rent free in their heads i can afford a nice house out on lake washington So not going anywhere not going to stop doing this podcast not going to do it um but getting back to what i was saying so big shout out to david who was the first co-host of this show he really was the first co-host of this show um and uh (laughs) real quickly we got a we got a new father in here we got nate in here dude what's going on dude
1: ain't not much man let me uh figure out how to put this on my hold on apple car play since i'm driving <laughs>
0: well real quickly um everybody to uh nate, you know a couple weeks for nate but uh real quickly huge shout out to nate he just recently had the first seattle sports diaries baby so congratulations to nate he is a father man and i uh how's the kiddo doing real quickly again oh, I mean, he's uh trying to figure it out but um uh, getting back to what I was saying though. Uh, yeah. So David was the, the first co-host of this show. He did a really good job for over a year. Uh, this past year he left due to, uh, work and, uh, you know, life was starting to get, uh, in the way. So there's that. Uh, but you know, uh, big shout out to David for doing a whole year worth of podcasts with me. And, uh, You know, just looking forward to doing you know another year of this podcast uh, because uh, you know this is it it was it was a really amazing uh, it was a really amazing uh, year with with uh, David the fact that he was able to do this uh, podcast with me and here's the thing uh, with Nate being in here I want to go ahead and tell Nate this Nate dude you joined this podcast what was it uh, four or five months ago something like that. Yeah, four or five months ago. And here's the thing, you are a part of this family. You cool. you are basically a part of a part of this new family, the Seattle Sports Diaries family. And I want to thank you so much for becoming, you know, the Mariners correspondent for us. You know, the fact that you know we you get to jump on here once a once a week if you can talk mariners with me. So you're a big part of this podcast, man. And uh once again, congratulations on the new baby, bro.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. Sorry. I was saying that he uh, he's going in for an MRI on his brain. He's kind of born with a little bit of a, a little bit of breathing issue due to the cord being around the neck. But he's he seems to be a wide awake alert. Just got to check his brain out for any seizure activity. And if we're good to go, just got to get him fed, starting to eat and then he can come home. So it's been a long week.
0: That's good. But That's I just to wanted hear. to
1: drop in and talk, you know, a little bit of Mariners. If you have any questions or thoughts or wanted any takes before I get home in the next, you know, five, ten minutes.
0: Definitely, man. But, uh, you know, hey, happy birthday to us. The podcast is officially two years old today.
1: Oh, well, happy birthday.
0: Right? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about this Mariners team. Coming into the homestand, three and four. uh, Got a series split in Minnesota. uh, Did and walked away with only one win, of course, in Chicago. And this Mariners team has had some issues struggling with the – struggling with the, with, with the offense, really. I mean, we, we haven't really seen the Mariners truly get off to a hot blazing start. Um, but the offense just looks like it's lost out there a little bit, but I feel like yesterday was a really good, uh, offensive show for the Mariners, but let's go ahead and talk about this. So again, uh, two wins to start out the year, a two to one win in Minnesota, of course, uh, Mitch Hanniger with a two run shot that he was able to get uh, the Mariners' only offense going, and of course, Robbie Ray seven innings of work, uh, five strikeouts. He gets he gets the win in that one. Um, you know, I was really impressed with Robbie Ray. You know, he's he's the reigning Cy Young for a big reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's shown that he's a workhorse. He can go seven innings. I think he got into the seventh on uh, two days ago. Um, he, he shows that he has what it takes to, you know, be the be the ace. That's why he's, you know, our top starter right now. But I think, you know, Matt Brash and Logan Gilbert are going to give him a run for his money here in the next year or two. Um, I'm worried about Marco. I don't think his arm is there anymore. Um, I think, you know, obviously Marco, you know, he's, he's a good dude and, you know, pitches well, works hard and wants to win. But I think he's just a little too predictable to other – to the other offenses – and I think that's just kind of his his issue right now. He has control issue. He leaves a lot of pitches over the plate. They get, he gets smacked around pretty good. Mm. So I see him taking maybe a little bit of a backseat. Maybe George Kirby will come in. Probably he'll, George Kirby. I think is on the Logan Gilbert plan of last year. You know, bring him in in May after a couple starts in the in the minors. But yeah, I think um, I think Mariners pitching is okay. I don't think the bullpen is bad. I think they're they're doing their job. Um, I don't think it'll be as electric as last year, but I think they're doing well. Um, Our problem now is just getting offense going. I think we're averaging, let's see, because I take all the stats and I put them in a spreadsheet. I got to get home and look at it, but I believe we're (laughs) averaging about 3.8 hits a game or something right now, which is not good. So um, there's, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of, Um, base runners left out there I mean when the runners are in scoring position I think I mean yesterday I think we were even just one for 10 with runners in scoring position or something like that even though we had more like all of our runs came with runners on you know first base it seems like so or sorry there was one run that scored that was in scoring position but the other nine were left so I Mm. mean there's just there's a lot of offensive issues that I think needs to work out um Mitch Hanniger loves to leave he's the king of leaving guys in scoring position. That's just his MO. Uh, Jared Kalanick still can't hit left-handers, and he's really struggling with um, anything off speed, which is kind of a carryover from last season. Um, I think, I mean, I'm going to get, you know, shelled for this, but I think his hitting last September came at a time when everyone else was hitting, and it's kind of a contagious thing. But if everyone else was cold, I don't think Jared would have had the September he had last year. That's just my opinion. I'm not an expert. That's just what I think. Because it seems like when everyone else heats up, he seems to heat up. And when everyone else cools off, he cools off. But one guy I want to talk about is J.P. Crawford. Man, that dude's hitting like 470 or something right now. He's doing ridiculously good. And I saw a Twitter post today it was like y'all wanted Carlos Correa over JP. And I thought that Twitter post was funny because I don't think Correa would be playing shortstop. I think he'd be playing third base, but Correa's is mm-hmm. only hitting a buck 70 right now. He's struggling too out in Minnesota, but I mean, new park, new, you know, new everything out there. So it takes a little bit of adjustment, but, but yeah, JP has been the workhorse. He's getting on base. He's finding a way. Um, apparently he can't catch fly balls in a, in a, you know what skydive tunnel is that what they call those things where you go float around and that wind pushes you <laughs> up? but that was I mean that was wild yesterday this the wind but it helped Cal get a home run out I mean I think the offense is going to pick up but uh, sorry I'm just like rambling on with all my thoughts before I go so um, that I think you know I like how the um, skippers rotating the catchers keeping them fresh I don't mind you know Tom Murphy, Luis Torrens, and Cal Rowley. I think Cal Rowley's the better defensive catcher, but I think they all are equally yoked when it comes to you know hitting. I think Luis Torrens has a little bit of an edge on on the other guys, but um, I mean, even watching Torrens catch the other day, he wasn't bad. Like he's definitely improved defensively catching. So that's that's definitely something to keep an eye on there. Uh, Let's see, pitching, I think I covered that. I hope to see Kirby soon. Um, I don't have really high hopes for tonight being home with Marco, but Marco does like to pitch at home, so we'll see how that goes. And he usually has really good success against the Astros, so um, Mm -hmm. we'll we'll definitely definitely see how that goes. A couple other random stats that I've been keeping track of, the Mariners are 3-0 in sunny conditions. I don't know if you've noticed that, but anytime it's been sunny, they've won a game. Anytime it's been cloudy or rainy or whatever, they've lost, and they are what three and four in gray uniforms. So I look forward to what Friday night. That means teal uniforms. We get to bust out the teals. So
0: nope, they're not busting see. out the teals. They always, always on the home opener. They always go with the whites.
1: Oh, they are. They're going whites, huh? Yep. Well,
0: uh, it, it, yeah. They will not be doing. It. I hate the fact that they're not opening with teal because I, I I, 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 I mean, that's a thing that I have. Like I know that. All these teams uh, open up their their home opener usually with the, the uh, with the whites or the grays, but I mean, switch it up a little bit. I feel like that the Mariners should switch it up to the teals. Um, last year that they, I guess the whites are like
1: you know they're that's like their dress uniform, right? That's like their that's like their fresh clean yeah, looks. pretty so much like, like their dress blues. The yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you know what I mean, military style. But yeah, that's their that's their dress uniform that they, you know, that's that's the look for the Mariners you know you don't see the teal's like on all of their you know memorabilia or whatever you know the whites are always going to be the number one uniform but but yeah bummer i was hoping for the teal's
0: cuz you know i'd like to see how
1: that how that works out but if i recall last year they did open up on a friday with their um with their whites last year too so
0: and they didn't is, and they they didn't really they didn't really make a big introduction uh last year like they are going to do this year but you know, this is a brand spanking new year. It's been two years since we've really seen a Mariners like fully sell, sold out home opener. And it's going to be amazing to see all the fans tonight, by the way. It's going to be amazing to get there to be able to, uh, you know, interact with fans again. We're going to be there doing a vlog. Um, so we're going to. You're going to be there? I, yeah, I'm going to be there. Sorry. Uh, I'll, be there little, fr- brother, I'll be
1: there. My little brother will be up there from uh, Portland. He'll be up there watching.
0: Nice. Um, so, yeah, so, so the Seattle sports diaries will be there tonight. I'll be there doing the vlog for the channel, of course, but no, I mean, I love what you're, which, you, you know, here's the thing. I, I don't, you know, me, you know, me as a huge Jared Kelnick supporter. I am, I have always been there to be a Jared Kelnick supporter. I'll always be a Jared Kelnick supporter, but you're absolutely right. Um, He did get fooled a lot of times. He's been getting fooled with breaking balls a lot with the lefties. But yesterday, you know, I loved that. I loved yesterday. He had a a multi-hit game, and I feel like, you know, maybe that could have been the game to where he breaks out. Uh, Kelnick went two for four in that game, of course, two RBIs, including the first home run of the season. So he's kind of have some bragging rights on Julio Rodriguez, and I'll get on Julio here in a minute. But, you know, I I I want to go ahead and say this. I'm not liking the new batting stance that Jared Kelnick has, um, because which the, one the the, the the I I I, I feel like, like he needs three already this year, man. No, he's he's stuck with the same batting stance that he that he did with uh, in spring training. But um, you know, I wish he would go back to last year's batting stance where he was doing he was uh, seeing success with hitting. Uh, you know, late in September. But I feel like you're absolutely right. You know, hitting is contagious. And when one and when the whole lineup is hitting, you know, the, that includes Jared Kelnick. But I feel like he saw the ball a lot better with his old batting stance that he had last September. Um, but, you know, uh, the the thing that I have with Jared Kelnick is he has phone numbers to Edgar Martinez, Ichiro Satsuki, Ken Griffey Jr., all of these Mariner great hitters. And instead, he goes with Mark McGuire which, you know, um, the, the th- real quickly, Sergeant Pickles, if you tune in here in about uh, 14 minutes, we will be get, we will be talking Sounders soccer, of course. But yeah, I mean, you know, again, Mark McGuire, he really, like, I, I get that he went to a new agency and Mark McGuire is part of that. But of all the people that you want advice from for hitting, you went to Mark McGuire. Instead of Griffey, instead of Ichiro. The thing that I have is is that I, I know Ichiro is still part of this team. He's always there. He's always there. He's going right. to be there tonight wearing his 2001 jersey to throw the first pitch out. And I'm going to say he's going to throw it out from right field. I I really hope that he throws it out from right field. But that would be funny. But the thing that I have with is... I wish Jared Kelnick would get hitting tips from Ichiro because I feel like Ichiro could help him way more than anybody could help him.
1: Um, Oh, absolutely. I would love to see him take some tips from Ichiro to maybe, you know, slap the ball the other way, maybe go with pitches instead of just trying to kill it because it seems like all of his swings, I mean, even when he tried to kill a ball yesterday, he blooped it to left field for, I don't know, 110 feet, you know what I mean? So it's just like, He's swinging so hard, but I don't know. I mean, I'm not a left-handed hitter for one. I've never, um, I've always been like in my playing days, I was just like a, I was more of like the Ichiro type, right? Just kind of slap the ball, put it in play. I bunted a lot to try to get on base. Like I did a lot of small ball things because I was always down in like either the nine hole or the one hole. So it was just kind of one of those things. So him and I are a lot different. So I can't really attest to, you know, he's a big dude. He can swing for power. He's just got to like find it and like be disciplined at the plate. And same with Julio, man, like Julio gets himself into a lot of O2 holes, I feel like, and then runs the risk of catching that outside ball that gets called a strike, like every single at bat, like he swings out of his shoes at the first two pitches, and then decides to get disciplined. And I think, I mean, that's, you know, that's, if that's the way he rolls, that's the way he rolls. But I think he needs to be a little more disciplined, maybe take a couple pitches and work himself into like a good count, because obviously pitches are going to throw him off speed. And You know, he's swinging and he's swinging out of his shoes at a lot of slow stuff just way ahead, way off the plate. And then he gets rung up on a two seam That's like, you know, yeah, six inches outside. But I don't know, man, after my third or fourth or fifth strikeout looking at those balls going by, I mean, it might be worthy to consider swinging at him. But at the same time, you don't want to mess up his zone either. So it's just like a 22 right there.
0: That's the thing with Julio Rodriguez that I'm uh, actually really upset with is major league umpires are not giving this kid a break. They're, they are not giving this kid a fucking break. The, um, he, so seven strikeouts that he has had, the pitches have been completely out of the zone and are clear balls. I looked at it. I looked at a graph yesterday and seven of those strikeouts again, looking have been clear balls and these ump- i feel like these umpires are just being downright nasty to this rookie i mean look i, I get that the these are, way, man. i get that these umpires are going to have a like a lot of these umpires have just complete bullshit strike zones but try to be fair to julio rodriguez it is not fair at all that julio has got to go through this and i'm not going to lie i i'm upset at scott service for not he should have been jumping up and standing up for Julio Rodriguez, because I feel like that might've given Julio that could have given Julio a little bit of more of uh, confidence, but I'm not a fan of Scott service, not going out and arguing with these umpires. I know it's not going to do any good to argue with these umpires, but at least stand up for your player. That's the thing I have with Scott service is that I feel like he does not stand up for his players as as much as he should. Um, but also give a big shout out to Julio Rodriguez for keeping his cool because I would have lost my mind, man. But yeah, against- no, I I'm just shocked that Julio has not been fed up with it, but I mean, it's, it's like he's taking, he's taking it with a grain of sand. I, I mean, I I'm just been absolutely impressed by Julio Rodriguez's ability to keep a cool head and not argue with these umpires if it was jared kelnick though jared would have been ejected at least three or four times by now
1: no i totally agree with that but i mean julio wants to win man and he doesn't want to get tossed out of a game and um i don't know i think
0: he'll come around oh no i i i i, I believe fullheartedly that um uh okay now this is a now this is something that i hope that i win uh, the Mariners right now have a retweet to win contest they're giving away 70,000 uh, Alaska Airline miles that would be a nice little uh nice little present but um you know getting back to Julio Rodriguez i want to say that this home stand is going to be good for him because he's going to be finally be able to play in front of the fans he has not been able to play in front of the fans for over a week and i know he's been looking forward to doing this Now, Julio Rodriguez is starting off a lot like Ken Griffey Jr. started off his career because he only because Griffey only had one hit when he came into the first homestand. Um, And then, of course, Griffey picked it up after the first homestand. And I know this is a bad thing to do is comparing Julio Rodriguez to Ken Griffey Jr., but the but the comparison is there. You know, Griffey was Griffey and Julio at their time were are almost exactly kind of the similar type of player julio is a great fielder griffey was a great fielder julio is a good hitter so is griffey i mean they, they both julio and griffey you can make a lot of comparisons and you can also like i said compare apples to oranges but i feel like in this homestand we're going to see we are going to see julio rodriguez's first major league home run
1: i sure hope so that would be that'd be something cool to see man but I got a I got a jet, dude. I'm home, and uh, it was good talking baseball. But uh, absolutely, yeah. brother. I mean,
0: yeah. Uh, look for me tonight. I'll be sitting in the right field seats, man. Yeah, I should be shouldn't be that difficult to spot. You know, the Irish guy wearing it wearing a Jared Kelnick tailed jersey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'll keep an eye out, buddy.
0: All right, brother. Hey, have a good have a good night, man. And uh, you know, I'm wishing your son all the best, man. Uh, let's hope he can get home here soon.
1: Much appreciated, thank you.
0: No problem, brother. Have a good one. There you go, Nate. uh, Joining us uh, just for a little bit, and uh, you know, uh, Gabe is going to be coming on here in about uh, a couple minutes to talk some Sounders soccer with us. Uh, We don't know if um, uh, don't know uh, if K Hart's going to be on here, so we're probably just going to uh, probably. We'll probably just do the the um, uh, just the last bit of soccer segment, and that will wrap it up for this uh, short podcast. We're going to have a longer podcast next week, of course. Definitely going to have a longer podcast next week. Um, and uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to doing the podcast uh, next week. I'll be doing the podcast, you know, out in Spokane. So l- kind of looking forward to that, being able to get out to Spokane, uh, see some friends, hang out a little bit. Um uh, I don't know if I'll be doing any golfing though out there in Spokane because the bad part is is that I'm looking at I'm looking right now at the weather for Spokane. And uh let me go ahead and pull it up. And the Spokane weather. Uh maybe uh well maybe maybe I can get in a get a couple games of golf. I mean the the weather's looking nice, it's good 50 degrees, but I don't know. Maybe I'll just uh relax in the hotel for a few days and then of course uh you know just um okay so it just got announced today that Julio Rodriguez is catching Ichiro's first pitch so i i don't know about you but that has to be that has to be something that Julio is looking forward to um i mean how often do, can we can we say that we caught a first pitch from a legend and uh You know, tonight is Definitely, I, again It's been two full years Really since we've had a full Sold out uh, home opener Tonight's home opener uh, Would be amazing It's going to be amazing, absolutely amazing uh, Because, you know Again You know, 2019 was the last time We really saw a home opener that was Completely sold out um I think I missed that one I think I missed that one I definitely missed that yeah I I missed I missed the 2019 season home opener and I think it was against the Boston Red Sox I'm trying to think yeah it was I because I because I think I moved back here I can't remember if I moved back here in 2028 or, to, or 2018 or 2019 um but either way, you know, it, it, I tell you one thing, you know, Seattle sports there is, like I said, we're going to be out there at the ballpark tonight. We're going to be enjoying the hell out of this game. I'll be there for the podcast, doing a vlog, talking with the fans, interacting with fans and definitely, and definitely meeting up with uh, uh longtime fans of the show. And again, I want to give another huge shout out to everybody who has been supporting us since day one. We've had, you know, Again, it's it's definitely been a tough two years to say the least because, um, honestly, again, there, there's going to there. There, be trolls out there. There's always going to be trolls out there. There's always going to be people who hate on you. Um, most of the hatred that the podcast gets is just towards me. And I will admit it, you know, when I first joined Twitter, I was a complete asshole. But, you know, the thing about it is that people, have the ability to change and better themselves for the best. And I want to say for over the last four years of my life, all I've done is become a better person. Um, I don't want to get too religious on here, but I've also uh, become a better Christian. I want to say that as well. You know, I have no hatred in my heart. I don't, and I don't wish any hatred on anybody else. And, you know, again, you know, people, people will, do whatever they want. It's not going to affect what I do here for this podcast, because all I have to say is I, I have done so much work for this podcast. I've been able to um, do this for two years, two years officially. And I honestly just cannot, I, I can't say enough good things about all the fans everybody who is tuned into us for over two years there there have actually been fans out there who have tuned into us from day one um and you know i can't i can't say i don't know if i can actually find the words that um that would uh that would just say that i've uh (sighs) again, hold on a second. So let me go ahead and start the camera quickly because uh, we're going to be bringing Gabe in here. What's going on, Gabe? What's going on? Uh, Not much, man. So, uh, real quickly, I don't know if you know this, but today the podcast is officially two years old.
2: I saw that. Congrats.
0: Yep. Um, and I was just saying, um, so for two years, you know, we've dealt with our trolls. Most, most of the hatred is towards me because of, I made Twitter enemies long time ago, but, People better themselves. I will say this. People better themselves for the better. I have bettered myself over these last few years. And you know what? I'm thanking everybody who is a part of this podcast. Um, I'm thanking Riley real quickly, who is uh, our Seahawks correspondent. Because, uh, you know, without him, you know, I, I don't think the show would be a little bit entertaining as it was because he he definitely makes this show a little bit fun. Um, K-Hart, as we all know, is our hockey correspondent. You, you know, he he's he's done so well. He came onto this show a uh, little bit late in October. He's done an absolute wonderful job. He is. Ne- he's also the co-host of BS commentaries with us. And, you know, K has done so well. I, I love that guy from the bottom of my heart. You know, Nate's done a really good job. He's whenever he comes on this show, you have become a part of the Seattle sports diaries family. Now this is uh, what your second podcast that yeah. we're doing with this. Yeah. And, uh, you know, look, I just look forward now to doing more podcasts with everybody who is a part of this show. T- uh, Trevor, of course, who is our uh, UW correspondent, we're actually going to be having a new UW correspondent here. Join us uh, next Friday. So I'm looking forward to that. But everybody who is a part of this podcast is a family. We are a family. And I cannot thank each and every one of you from the bottom of my heart of just how much work you guys have been putting into this podcast. Um and, of course, Gabe here, like I said, is the second podcast that he's done. But you know what? He's putting in the work. He's putting in the work now to, uh, you know, become a, a real member of this show. And, again, Gabe, thank you so much for doing this, man. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. it. And uh, so here's the thing. Let's get the let's get off this mushy shit. Let's get off this mushy <laughs> shit. No more thanking people. Um, the Sounders. Get, oh, you know what? How, the hell with the Sounders. How about this? We are going back to the fucking World Cup. The U.S. Men's National Team is going back to the fucking World Cup, and it, you know what? It's it, that is a feeling that I don't think anybody. Yeah. I, I it's it's been a while. It, like it's been a real long time since we have been this excited for soccer, for international yeah. soccer, when it comes to the United States, and you know now. I mean, the U S they don't even need to worry about qualifying for the next, for the next world cup, because since they're hosting it, so that takes a lot of stress off of them. Right. And yeah. So let's go ahead and look at the U S men's national, of course, uh, for, uh, what they did. So their, uh, previous game, let me look at, Oh my God, where is it? Um, okay. I don't have it right here, but you know, I can pull it up. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know, the previous game was a loss. Uh, they couldn't lose by more than six goals. I think they gave up three goals. I think
2: they, they gave, gave up two. 2
0: two zero. Okay, two zero. So, I mean, they weren't really happy that they lo- that they lost, but you know, they were still happy that they qualified, which is a good thing. Right. Um, honestly, a six like them allowing six goals that was hard to imagine. It would have been such a U.S. men's national thing if they would have given up five goals and just barely squeaked in just gutted it out. Yeah. <laughs> I know.
2: That's kind of what I was thinking because they had almost jinxed themselves. Like, I don't know if you saw it, but after the game before where we beat Panama five to one in Orlando, they mm. pulled out like a banner and went and celebrated in front of the fans there in Orlando and the banner yep. said qualified. And in my head, I'm just like, Oh, this is going to become the biggest meme if we screw this somewhere uh. or another. And so I was always just like, I kind of had that in the back of my mind, but at the same time, you know, you're probably not going to go down and lose by six goals, but yeah. I, I don't know. I was, I was, I was scared. We'll put it that way. Definitely. I was not comfortable.
0: Um, the draw for the United States though, uh, for the 2022 world cup, we are in group B, Yeah, let's which, talk about that. Cons- which consists of England, Iran, and uh, there, the, do we know who else is going to be in group B or is that? Oh, it It's going to be between true.
2: Wales, Scotland, and UK. Ukraine and my my bet there is that it's going to be Wales that's out of those three teams, it would be su- it one. would be
0: such a such a I want to say kind of a cliche that Ukraine kind of gets into the World Cup right with how much bullshit is going on with their like again I'm yeah. not trying to joke about this real quickly for anybody who just heard that not making jokes about that that it, what is going on in Ukraine is complete bullshit anybody who is for Russia you can just fuck the fuck off yeah. Okay, I I will drop that right now. You can just fuck the fuck off if you are a Putin supporter or a Russia supporter. Now, I will say this though: I we I I brought this up with K Hart a couple weeks ago because we were talking about Alexander Ovechkin. Mm-hmm. Russian athletes are getting a very very bad look, and they right. are getting such horrible mistreatment. Yeah, and I, and, and and look, racism is all types of people right now. Um, It doesn't matter what nationality you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. There is racism going on no matter who you are. And there is a lot of racism going towards Russian athletes when a lot of these athletes, I want to say about 97% of them do not support what's going on with Russia. And look again, I will say this if if I've already said what I said, but again, you know, the, the, the mistreatment of these players, it's, ridiculous it needs to end unless people actually know that they are supporting of what is going on there there is right. no reason to be mistreating these players at all right
2: that's kind of my my stance on it is is like you know most of these guys are you know they don't they don't believe in what's happening over there at all they don't they're not for their own government in any way so it's like until you're openly supporting what's happening you know then you don't really deserve to be mistreated like that because you know, a lot mm-hmm. of them don't have, you know, a lot of them haven't even been to Russia and, you know, however long, you know, they don't live over there anymore. Someone like Ovechkin, for example, he doesn't even live there. So it's kind of just yeah. like they, they're they're so far removed from it and yet they're getting so much hate for it. So,
0: so I, um, I think Russia was disqualified. Correct. I think they were disqualified from uh, qualifying for the World Cup. I don't agree with that one bit. I yeah. don't agree with that one bit because. Um, I think Russia was also disqualified. I think they were. Was it? were they disqualified from another international competition? I'm not sure. I mean, there's been stuff with the Olympics, but that was before all of this started happening.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that well, was more related to drugs and stuff like PEDs. But
0: yeah, my opinion. My opinion, though, of Russia getting disqualified from the World Cup because of what is going on, I don't think that's right at all. Um, there's no need to punish the players for this because, it, again. Like you said, most of these players don't even agree with what's going on. Um, so to punish them, I think was a bad move for FIFA, but everybody seemed to agree with it. But uh, getting back to this, so um, you know, let's really quickly talk about this this group stage because I yeah. feel like I feel like because again, so it's England, Iran, and the United States right now. Um, and as you said, it's probably going to be Wales or Scot or Scotland. I'm I'm gonna go with those. Those are those are the two yeah. countries that I think that is probably gonna be it. Yeah. So really what we're looking at is um, I want to say England could take this group. They could probably be the champions of this group and in the United States is going to be right behind them. Um, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, November 25th is basically the revolutionary, revolutionary (laughs) war rematch. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We post, we post, we posted that, uh, when we found out the draw, but um, no, that is going to be a gigantic match for the United States. Uh, the, the thing that the U S has, you know, if you can get two wins out of this group, if you can get at least two wins out of this group and you have to, you have to beat England. It's going to be a, it's going to be a gigantic test for the United States. Um, yeah, I want to say that the United States could walk away from this group with six points.
1: And that yeah, might
0: be that might be enough because I don't I don't know. I don't know if the United States has the has the manpower to possibly upset England because right because I believe the United States are the underdog in that match already. Yeah. Absolutely. So the
2: way I see it is right now England is actually the second highest betting favorite to win the entire World Cup. That's Oh That's, shit. that's what Vegas has. You know, cause they were second in the euros. They were the second best team in, in, in Europe, basically, okay, yeah. according to that competition. So I, yeah, I think England wins the group, but that's when things start kind of getting interesting because then you're looking at, I think we play England in our second game. I think the first game that we play is going to be the one against that team that's mm-hmm. to be named now that ha- the now second gotta... game is England. Yeah. That one has to be a win too.
0: That has to be and a then... win because uh, sorry, I didn't, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Um, no, Wales and Scotland, like I said, those are, those are two, the, the, the two countries that, like I said, w- that could possibly be that final draw, you know, the, it really the United States has the talent, they have the talent yeah. to beat a team like that. They have the talent to also be, so there's two wins under your belt. That's six points. Um, if you can get away with a win against Iran or Scotland and Wales, I think the United States has the second place one. I real I really yeah. do I don't I don't see the United States you know I see them getting into the round of sixteen. I, I even see them getting possibly into the round of eight. You know, this is a good this is a good men's soccer team that uh could possibly be a black sheep to maybe get into the final four. I don't I I I wanna, I want to I think that's a long kind of long... depends on how the rest of the the bracket fills itself out, you know, yeah, that's, that's the thing, you know, it all depends on who right. plays on who B2. Yeah.
2: The way I see it is, you know, so we're going to play that first game against that, that team that's to be named. I'm honestly terrified of Wales. That's just me because they it's one of those countries, you know, that they, they have the one star player, it's Gareth Bale. And mm. then on top of that, it's like, they just have a bunch of really good role players. And they're one of those countries that just plays with like a ton of, pride and energy and you know they know they're not the best team always out there but but they they firmly think they can beat anybody and so they'll be coming into the game against us you know thinking the same thing same thing goes for scotland honestly they're they're also just an extremely prideful country and when it comes to the world cup that kind of thing makes a big difference and then you know that game against england i'll take a draw there if we lose i understand that as well (laughs) and then the good thing is we finish the group stage you know against what people largely think is the easiest opponent and that's always, you know, a positive to have. And while Iran, I think actually won their qualifying group and has been one of the better teams sort of to come out of that, like Asia region. I still don't think that they have the talent necessarily to beat us. It's just going to be a matter of us just taking care of that game. So I think if you can get a, a, a draw in that first game, you know, maybe you draw or lose the second game and then you win the third, that should be enough. I think you need probably, five to six points to qualify if you want to be safe.
0: Definitely. All right. So that is enough with the, uh, with the talk of of course of uh, the U S men's national. Now we got to get back to the Sounders and um, we are possibly here. I want to say, what is it Uh, possibly on May 4th, 5th, we're possibly talking about the Sounders winning it all in the CONCACAF. Um, they will be facing Pumas uh, Unam. I think that's yeah. how it's pronounced. Um, so a nice four to two win in the aggregates. Of course, uh, the uh, New York had a had a quick road goal. They had a quick road goal, but the, the Sounders were able to really take it back in a big way. You know, uh Ruz, Ruznak, Ruznak, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Of course, had the opening goal in that game. And of course, uh, Andre, Andre in the 27th minute makes it a one, one game and everyone's just panicking now because of course there's a yeah. road goal and I hate the road goal rule. I don't like <laughs> that road goal rule, yeah. uh, but of course uh, then Jordan Morris uh, seven minutes later is able to make it a two, one game and that puts it in and now on our favor a little bit. Um, and then of course a big penalty by Nicholas yeah. Ladero. He's able to put it in the back of the net, of course, and that ends it really. And that's three to one. And, really in this game in uh, New York, you know, everything was working well. Stephen Fry was an absolute brick wall. I looked at the highlights. He was an absolute amazing. Of course, that one shot
2: games as a sounder. That's my
0: one of it. Yeah, that was definitely one of his best games. Of course, Raul Rui Diaz, he took care of the road goal of the road uh, goals. He was able to put one in and that essentially sealed the deal for the sounders. That was, there was no way that they were going to lose this game after that goal went in. Um, one one draw, and of course, uh, like I said, uh, hearing about uh, or uh, tomorrow, of course, the uh, Sounders are going to be playing a uh, Inter Inter Miami. So uh, it is the return of Deandre uh, Deandre Yedlin to Seattle. So that's going to be an interesting. And of course, I'm excited for it. Everybody was everybody was talking about this. Uh, they wanted to get Deandre Yedlin back. Yeah, they wanted to get Deandre Yedlin back, but there was so much. Um, there was a lot of uh, contracting negotiations that just did not go the right. Way they wanted. And the, the the tricky thing with
2: Yedlin is it was always kind of just going to be about getting the timing right to come back because I still, I think he will come back at some point. He has too many, you know, he's got family here. He grew up here and all that. But it was just a matter of this just wasn't exactly the right time. And I think our GM, Garth Loggerway, said it. He was like, you know, we were talking to him and we were, you know, we were interested. But the problem is we're actually doing pretty good at right back right now and we just don't really need one and so then you're also going to have to pay a certain amount for him you know it was probably going to be a good amount of money because he's coming from europe and so then it's kind of like all right are we really going to shell out top dollar at a position that we don't really need just kind of for the sentimental factor of it and then i think they kind of just decided against that and i'm i'm sad about it but i you know i get it from the business side of things it just didn't line up at the right time for them
0: by the way, I want to go ahead and point this out. So, since I'm going to opening day today, I got I already got the shoe game going so today. So jealous.
2: Mm-hmm. Look oh what I'm gosh. breaking out, there breaking out go. the Griffies.
0: I had to break them out. You know, it's the first game of the year, but uh, so this is. I, I want to go ahead and point this out. Big time, uh, schedule problem with the Sounders and the Mariners tomorrow. The Mariners, of course, first pitch at six forty. Twenty minutes later, right across the street, kickoff. So that is bad timing on the Sounders' part because they. I don't understand why they couldn't kind of move the time period, the time slots around. Because you could have had a three, you could have had a three o'clock kickoff time, where by the by the time the game ends, you know everyone's gonna be able to go across the street if they have tickets to that game, be able to, uh, you know they're gonna be able to watch that game as well. But you know there's gonna be more people at the Mariners game that I I feel like there's going to be more people at that Mariners oh, game than there's going to be at that Sounders game. Because right now this, you know, again, we, we talked about this. We talked about this the first podcast that you were on, you know, the Sounders, they, they, they didn't get off to the start that they wanted to because they're more focused right now on Concacaf league They yeah. they're very focused on CONCACAF, but really what I'm looking at is if I'm looking at the stands right now, let me go ahead and look, um, Really, you're going to be playing uh, a last place San Jose team here in a couple of days. And of course, uh, you know, inner Miami, they're not really, they're not really a, that great of a team. Um, if you look at the standings, you know, the Sounders are playing two last place teams. So this is anything other than six points in these next two games is unacceptable. You, you, you can't walk away from these two games without at least getting a point. You, you, right. you know, um, if we walk away from this and we have three points, I'm saying that it's a bad look on the Sounders. If we walk away from this and we have four points, I'm saying, okay, you know, that's fine. But I think the Sounders want to walk away with six points in these next two games, because again, you know, right now, if you look at the stands, the Sounders are right there in the 11th place. So they're, again, yeah. Look, this this is this is it's just like the a game manner. or two behind from people. I mean, it'll even it's yeah. I mean, but... it's it's not that big of a deal. There's still what I think thirty more matches left to go, and right. anything can happen. Anything can happen because let's go ahead and look back to 2016. Let's look at that season, okay? the The Sounders at the beginning of June were in dead last, and all of a sudden they stormed back. They stormed back. They made a coaching change with Brian Schmetzer. Perhaps the greatest decision that the Sounders have ever made in their franchise history. So, again, you know the 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 key to this matchup, though, with with I think Inter Miami is you need to control the possession. The, the Sounders have not been able to control uh, the ball for a long period of time. They've actually lost the possession game for a few of their games. Yeah, um, that also includes the 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 three to one win over uh, over New York FC in that Concacaf. Uh, they, they did not win the possession game, but they did win the goals, but they didn't win the goals thing. Right. But a big thing in this matchup, and I think it's also going to be with San Diego, uh, you need to control the, you need to control this game for at least 60% of the match. You have to, um, and you need to put pressure on those teams. If you, can, if you can get at least a goal or two within the first half, I think the Sounders are going to be absolutely a-okay between both San Diego and Miami. Um, so again, Six points is a must for the team against these two teams.
2: The tricky thing is, I mean, if you look at where these games kind of line up schedule wise. So you have this inner Miami game, which is what four days after this, this New York City game and Schmetzer already came out and he was like, yeah, obviously we're, we, you know, we got some guys that are tired. We're going to have to play some kids in this, in this Mm -hmm. next game. And so, you know, you're going to see young guys, but it's not young guys that haven't played before. You know, we, we trot 16 year olds on the field. Like it's nothing. And then you look at the next game against San Jose, and then you're thinking, well, crap, that game's four days before our game against Pumas, which we care about more. So then it's kind of like, are we really going to put a full-strength lineup out for either of these next two MLS games? It kind of doesn't seem super likely, because you also don't want to risk injury or anything like that. So I'll kind of just keep an eye on that, I guess. But the way I see it is, like like you said, I, I think the goal is... Win one of them, draw the other, or win both. I don't think anything less than four points from these next two games is any anything to be proud of. And and the Sounders are always gung-ho on the mantra of, regardless of who we put on the field, we're trying to win every game. There's no game where you, know, you say, all right, we're going to put some kids on the field. If we lose, we lose. That's fine. They don't do that. And that's why I, I love the Seattle Sounders so much. They're such a model franchise because – they don't take a they don't take a game off and they don't take a year off, you know they're always trying to be competitive, and so you know I think even if you have to rotate the lineup like crazy through these next two games, I still think you're shooting for six points. That's just where my is exactly. at, I guess.
0: Exactly. Um, yeah, I mean that that that's you know really it it's really great to see Raúl is back in action. It, it, Yeah, it, getting him back for that the scoring. Match. Yeah, getting his him first back for year. Yeah, getting him back for uh, that New York that New York uh, Concacaf leagues has been huge. Getting him back in that uh, what was it uh, the return game? It was a, it was a game before that, wasn't it? I think it was at Minnesota. Okay, yeah, you got forty five minutes. Yeah, but definitely getting him back for uh, the season. You know, it's huge because again, that's your that's your catalyst score. That is your big time Um, and that is the guy that you don't want to lose. It, for the rest of the season you don't you need right. him to stay healthy especially with uh again the CONCACAF final uh the the Sounders got to go on the road for that one and really the Sounders want to possibly get a goal or two out of that game uh and at least get back to Seattle you know either tied on aggregate or uh you know possibly up in aggregate you know two to one uh yeah. but I do believe that you are absolutely right. The focus is going to be really on, the, on that CONCACAF final game because, um, you know, the Sounders, they're, they're definitely going to go with some young kids. They're definitely not going to be playing their full entire lineup. They're definitely going to rest those guys for those two big matches. And, you know, uh, you know it, again, like I said, four points against these two last place teams. I won't be disappointed with it. But if you, do, if you don't come away with at least four, between four and six points, um, it is kind of a failure and you're, de- you're definitely going to get a bad, a little bit of a bad look in the, in that state.
2: Right. The good thing is, you know, like, like we, I think we talked about this last time that MLS, you, you you said you didn't want us to win the supporter shield. And I totally agree with you on that just because <laughs> of the, the the jinx that comes with that, I guess. But the thing that you see every year in MLS is it doesn't matter how you get into the playoffs. As long as you're in there, you have as good a chance as anyone to win it.
1: And so oh, 100%. The, the, the
2: crazy thing is, you know, you can, you can rest guys for these CONCACAF Champions League games and, and put the full squad in for those games. And then these MLS games, it's like, all right, if we get into the playoffs in fifth place, I, I feel, I feel like we could still win MLS. So I think right now, I think that's absolutely the right call to just, you know, you're in a final. And I mean, this is, you know, the Sounders have a chance to do something no team has ever done before. No MLS team has ever done before. And so I think you'd be foolish not to put kind of your, your A team out for those games.
0: Exactly. Especially
2: when you look at the game in Mexico and they're going to have to go down to Pumas, you know, we have guys on our team that have played in, you know, a crazy atmosphere. Like I expect that game to be, you know, those games in Mexico are always crazy. The fans are insane. It's going to be loud. The security better.
0: They better have good security on that one. Because again, we all know how Mexican fans can be. Um, you know, yeah, they, I feel like they. I feel like they start more soccer riots than you know Ireland and Scotland combined.
2: Yeah, and there's also that crap with the that they're homophobic and they
0: say stuff like that. Oh and it's just, See, it's that that's a bunch of bullshit. That really yeah. is bullshit that they do that because that, that that's just disgusting. Yeah, but my
2: point is, you know, that the, the Sounders at least have guys that have been in these games before. You know, like you just talked about Raul Ruiz Diaz. We got him from Mexico. He came from uh, Morelia, which is a a team in Mexico. And so he's, you know, he's, he's been in a crazy atmosphere like this. Nicolas Lodero, for example, our captain, he came from, I think Argentina when we bought him and they have, you know, it's the same thing down there. People are crazy. So I feel good about our chances in this game, just because, you know, I think we have guys that have played in these crazy atmospheres. And the good thing about the Sounders is pretty much top to bottom throughout our starting 11. It's guys that are on their own national teams. And so they're used to these crazy pressure packed games where you're, you know, you're, you're kind of have your whole country. Um, the CONCACAF Champions League is sort of turning out, or at least the storyline is it's sort of a, a USA against Mexico thing, you know, because you have an MLS team against a Mexican team and, and, an, and an MLS team has never won it. So I think there's going to be a lot of pride on the line. You know, the Sounders have pretty much all of MLS backing them and, and Pumas will have all of the Mexican league backing them. So
0: it'll be a crazy game down there. Definitely going to be a crazy game, at 100%. It's going to be a crazy uh, home opener tonight for the Mariners. You know, the Mariners coming in uh, three and four. Against I'm the, ready for it. Against the dreaded uh, trash tros. Against the dreaded trash tros. Uh, I will say this, though. The only time that I will allow booing is uh, to Jose Altuve, Altuve that first at bat he's going to get. Either one oh, him one. and Bregman are going to get absolutely booed the fuck out of. <laughs> yeah. Um, I it for only one time, but I, here's the thing: my thought on all this booing—they don't care. It doesn't affect them. It makes them play better, though. It's That's pro why sports, I don't. Sports too. I mean, you're you're a professional athlete. It's gonna happen. Definitely. All right, well, that is going to do it for uh, this uh, soccer segment. This is actually going to be also – we're going to end the podcast right here. Like I said, it was going to be a short podcast today no matter what, but uh, everybody is going to be returning next week. Uh, I'll see if Riley is going to be available. Uh, Gabe will be back here, of course. We will have our new uh, Huskies correspondent, K-Hart, is going to be back here. And for everybody wondering, uh, speaking of me and K-Hart, we just put out a new episode of BS Commentaries, the movie commentary podcast, as you know. Uh, We just finished – Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 The Secret of the Ooze and uh, uh le- yep look at that right there be, uh, be sure to follow or subscribe to BS Commentaries on YouTube and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google um, uh, yeah we did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Ooze a couple days ago and then uh, next Wednesday we are doing the worst one of all the ones with the, uh, the worst turtle costumes imaginable next week we're going to be doing teenage Mutant turtles three and that here's the funny thing i think that movie is actually a little bit better than a secret of the use because they actually use their weapons in that one you think um they, you know, uh, yeah i mean it's not it's not as good as the second film but it's slightly got a better plot point to it though let's com- yeah let comic relief though um And then, of course, uh, next Thursday, Richie is going to be back doing a movie commentary podcast. We're going to be putting out two movie commentary podcasts uh, next week. We're going to be doing uh, The Emperor's New Groove. So, And here's the thing. I've never seen that movie before, so I'm actually a little bit excited to do that one. So, uh, Gabe, uh, I will talk to you next Friday around 630. Sounds good to me. All right, brother. You have a good night, brother. All right. See you. Yeah. There we go. That is Gabe, everybody. And that is going to do it for this episode of Seattle sports diaries podcast. Sorry. It was a long, uh, sorry. It was a short one. Uh, and again, happy birthday to us. We are two years old today. And, uh, before we get out of here or before I get out of here, I want to go ahead and thank everybody who has uh, been supporting us for the last two years to all the new subscribers, to all the new uh, followers that we have on Twitter, you know, thank you so much for your support means a lot to us. It, it really does. Um, And, uh, you know, to everybody, especially in the 32 crew, the 32 crew has been a lot of supporters from there. Um, but, uh, other than that, you know, uh, this is Mike, I am signing off and we will see you next Friday.